It's the fifth annual awards Floptacular. Hey everyone, welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. And I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot, which one? Elliot Kalen. Oh, okay. Not Elliot Gould, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Good one. Classic, classic Elliot joke. Classic Elliot, yep. It's that time of year again. The time for everyone's least favorite episode of the Flop House. Yeah. Our annual regrets and shame episode. <laughs> what? Stuart, what are you most regretful about this year? Uh, I regret putting that mogul in the ski slope. That busted Dan's knee. Wait, what? Shh. Yeah. You weren't supposed to say that, and also that was going to be mine. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got nothing to talk about. What a weird twist ending that would be. (laughs) I put a mogul on your ski slope to steal your podcast away. (laughs) But then I realized it was too much work, so I just let you keep doing it. The original script for The Lady Killers, I think. (laughs) It was originally called called The Leg Stealers. Uh, (laughs) Wait. I was trying to steal his leg by <laughs> fucking yes, it up with a mogul? when you get his leg, you get his power. Uh, yeah, I don't want to draw the curtain back too much, but this is the first uh, episode after my knee surgery. Also, Stuart has had a stressful day, so buckle in for some laughs. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. tired. <laughs> uh, I stayed up too late last night watching the Academy Awards. Watching the 74th... 74,000th annual Academy Awards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They predate history. In fact, it's now believed that the Venus of Villendorf was actually an early Oscar. <laughs> it was awarded to Best Cave Painting, the Lascaux Caves. Nowhere near Willendorf. So, you know, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, uh, which brings us to the point to today's episode. We don't have a movie Whenever for this you're episode. listening to it. So, uh, will be the Awards Floptacular. <clears throat> Who's that over on the red carpet? Why, it's Stuart Wellington. Who are you wearing, Stuart? Whose skin are you wearing? Well, I'm wearing Stuart's skin, I'm wearing jeans by Levi. Oh, and T-shirts by some T-shirt company I don't want to look at the tag for. And look over here, it's Dan McCoy hobbling down the red carpet. Dan, whose crutches are you wearing this evening? They were issued to me by the Hospital for Special Surgery. It's everyone's favorite, the corrector, Elliot Kalin. Oh, stop, stop. Yes, I'm here. Wearing what appears to be a striped polo shirt. Yep, it's a striped polo shirt from Stripey's of Beverly Hills. And I'm wearing this is a this is a true story. The jeans Boris Karloff was buried in. All right. Well, hopefully that got you in the award. It's the Floptacular Awards. The 75th annual Floptacular Awards of the Flop House is brought to you by Rolled Gold Pretzels, the roldiest and the goldest. If it's not gold, it might be rolled gold. We we haven't even gotten to that sheet of paper of jokes you wrote. Soap made out of birds. <laughs> you want to smell like a dead bird? Get Dove Soap and Pert Plus. It's like Pert with something extra added to it. What is the plus? Shh, that's our surprise. It's dandruff creator. <laughs> uh, it's a vicious cycle. All those sponsors and more bringing you to the Flop Awards, mm-hmm. the Flop Taculars, also known as the Floppies, also known as the Oscar Followers. <laughs> I was going to say, the glamorous we- Dan's apartment theater. <laughs> We don't. We didn't. We don't do enough characters normally, so I'm glad we're doing. Fun, yeah. f- we're doing funny bits. Hey, why? Who's That's that on the doing. red carpet at the Flocktabular? <laughs> it looks like film star Daniel Craig. <laughs> hello, hello. And who's this coming up to him? It's film star Clive Owen. <laughs> hello, hello. And it's singing songbird Adele. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. That's what Adele sounds like. No, that was the house guy pushing uh, Adele out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play by rules except for his own. <laughs> it's true. The house cat had to get. To, he is chaotic neutral. He has to, he had to get to his seat. 
Okay, Adele. That's a singer. Mm-hmm. I is. saw her sing a song last night. She did sing a you song. And she identified won- her as and a singer. She won an Oscar. So what? So Dan, what do we do on the Floptacular well, Awards? Uh, Aside from pretend celebrities are here. <laughs> well, look, it's Michael Caine, everybody. It's me, Michael Caine. I have appeared in uh, one movie this year, The Dark Knight Rises, which is about a knight who is both dark and... And rises. And look over there, that's James Kane. I'm sorry, James Kahn. James <laughs> Kahn is the name. I'm so sorry. Don't go. No, don't go, sir. Oh, well, good thing none of us can do a James Kahn impression. He got mad and left. <laughs> Traditionally, <laughs> that hasn't stopped everyone else we can't do impressions of. <laughs> good point, from good leaving. point. They just keep showing up. Well, look over there, it's pasta star Chef Boyardee. <laughs> well, I can't do it for this year's of Flappetacular Awards. Now, you're not in the film business. No, but I've fed my fair share of the movie stars. Thank you very much, uh, Chef. <laughs> my best to Mrs. Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do with these things, Dan? Uh, we, uh, t- traditionally, let me refresh your, your mind... My you goal. got through a whole sentence that time, Ellie. It was because you were drinking water. I was water, drinking man. water, yeah. Uh, Luckily, you were there to jump in and pick up the slack <laughs> before you got through half a paragraph. Regular listeners will perhaps remember that uh, we discuss the Academy Awards program, which we all watched. Yesterday. Uh, and paid varying degrees of attention It's about movies, to. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's the highest honor in the movie business, other than uh, making a hit movie that makes a lot of money. Having a successful career, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, who knows? We might give out a few of our own awards and huh. talk about films that we liked this last year. Yeah. Okay. I can think of three that Stuart liked. Mm-hmm. At least what? this last year. Well, I mean, yeah. they're the same three he likes every year. <laughs> <Okay>. oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Dan, should, what should we start with? Do the host. Let's host it up. The host of the... And now, the host of this year's Floptacular Awards... Dank McCoy. Hey, everyone, it's me, Dan. Dan so McCoy. You're, is this a bit? <laughs> yeah, you were trapped on the couch with your leg injury. Yeah. Um, How did that affect your so you Oscar had, viewing experience? I was more tired and hazy than normal, and I cared less. So uh, I I may not have as much to contribute, actually, as in years past. Well, I, I watched it in a noisy bar. Yeah, so me too. I think I had a similar experience. I've, I've discovered the secret to enjoying the Oscars, Yeah, which is don't worry about tweeting or reading Twitter while you're watching the Oscars. Yeah, I enjoyed it so much more, not feeling like I had to catch up on the jokes or send my own joke em ups out. Yeah, that's a secret I wish I had uh, learned. I, mean, I had always previously actually enjoyed just watching the Oscars, and then all of a sudden, sometime in the last couple of years, uh, comedy people have become contractually obligated to tweet about award shows. Tweet about everything. <laughs> so uh, I felt I, I felt prey to that urge, and I was tweeting about it. Um, and uh, I continued to tweet about it until such time as it came time to ice my leg. And then I disappeared from Twitter <laughs> mysteriously for 30 minutes. Uh, but and the uh, greatest trick the devil ever pulled was icing his leg was, for thirty minutes. Was returning to Twitter after thirty minutes. Because <laughs> I have to say, watching Shirley, it was like this was my experience last night. Oh, this is a funny opening bit. Okay, it's going on a little too long. Now I'm tired of it. But hey, now some awards. Whatever. I'm having genuine reactions to them. Shirley Bassey. Oh, this is great. I love this song. Up. Oh, that's sad. That's right. I forgot Ralph McQuarrie died. Now I can mourn him positively. Oh, hey, look at this. Some more awards. There was no... I didn't feel the need to snark it up about everything. I still did about some things. I thought the the fact that they had a tribute to the great musicals of the last 10 years, which is roughly three yeah, or four. Yeah, it was three, three musicals. There's three musicals, and they didn't put in Hairspray, I guess. <laughs> and that was about it. I thought that was Or a, Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> so great <laughs> if they threw in the what, a reunion of the head or whatever rep- <laughs> Repo with yeah. genetic opera um, paris hilton just shows up yeah perfect uh you know i guess these things traditionally start with the discussion of the host how did you guys feel about the host the movie the uh, korean movie it was great oh, okay. yeah it's amazing it. it's a good movie it could use more CGI monster, though, <laughs> and fire. It could be it could, CGI it, it, fire, it could, more of that. It could use more uh, abrupt tonal shifts. I don't feel like it had enough yeah, of those. Yeah, I felt like he'd handled those better in uh, some of his other movies. But anyway, uh, so the host. Who was the host? The, Todd McFarlane, uh, Todd. creator of Spawn. <laughs> do, you know, do you know Fia? <laughs> 
That's my entire. When I finally my Todd McFarlane. When impression. I finally saw Todd McFarlane when like the, he was doing those animated Spawn intros. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> I get this guy now. I get why all of his things <laughs> are the like way this, they like, are. Hyper need to be cool because <laughs> it oozes out of his greasy. Because he's pores. so oh, greasy cool. <laughs> greasy. That's a bit much. He is. I think well, what you mean to say is Canadian. Okay. Not as greasy as old Grease Witherspoon, who looked great last night. <laughs> I like to think Grease Witherspoon is literally a hobo who lives at a rail yard and dreams of owning a diner. Somebody's never going to achieve that dream. Or like, oh, that's just old Grease Witherspoon. <laughs> Got any grease for me? Grease Witherspoon sounds to me like you know uh, one of those porn stars who thinks that they need to name themselves after a famous actress, but doesn't really understand the concept of what's sexy. <laughs> like Charlie Chase, the porn star named after a silent film comedian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so the, the Academy Awards. Huh? So the host was Seth MacFarlane, creator of the Family Guy family of shows, and I thought actually, for, I thought for the most part he did a fine job. It was a little too much singing, and he was a little smirky. But it's a thankless job. I felt like uh, he had some funny jokes, and he left the stage for long periods of time when he needed to. Yeah. Uh, but there was just too much too much musical singing. It seemed like a weird <clears throat> move for a guy that I, I, ha- I have this impression, like, wants to be, like, thought of as this edgy, edgy guy to some degree, that, like... All I thought last night kind of was like, oh, you know, this is in a couple of years he could be a passable Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I think he there's there's two there seems to be seem to be two competing sides to him. There's the Family Guy Ted American Dad side, yeah, and then there's the side that does concerts that be a song dance, of man. Broadway musicals, yeah. yeah, yeah, like the classically trained like Hollywood type, like classic Hollywood type guy, right? yeah. And I mean, there's the, it seems like the move for him right now is to try to become a bigger star. Yeah, which this is a platform for. I mean, I thought he was fine. I did think that uh, he seemed to not have like a- as someone who has no background per se in like stand up or something like that. He seemed to have trouble sometimes dealing with like if things weren't going. Yeah, great. Well, he wasn't like, he great at rolling the with the punches. Yeah, and there were times when he was just like. Ha-ha, live television, folks. That's why you do it. Like, You're saying like he lives a, in this insulated bubble of yes men who are laughing at all of his jokes and wearing backwards baseball caps and <laughs> Tiva sandals. I don't really know that that's <laughs> what he said at all. <laughs> no, it just seemed like he got a little sweaty maybe sometimes when things uh, didn't go over. But all in all, he was a funny guy. He was all right. Yeah, he, just the bits were too long. I mean, this is... Obviously, it's the same thing you could say about a lot of Family Guy bits. Is the bit that whole opening bit with William Shatner with like the reviews from the future? Yeah. It was like it went on for what fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Yeah. Like that was crazy. That was like, insanely I taken, long. Like, four poops during that time, <laughs> and the fact that they had two songs during that three, if you count the boobs song, like sure, it was really that went over like gangbusters. <laughs> but like even the <laughs> on boobs, the internet, the boobs song was like a funny gag. But then they did like a whole song of it. Like it should have been like a verse. You know, there was a lot of a lot of people singing whole songs during the Oscars when they could have gotten by with a verse and a chorus. Although there's part like of a medley. Me, exactly. Well, like the fact that they sang the whole all that jazz song, then the whole I'm not going song, and then the whole you know I assume that's the whole you're my friend whatever song from Ted that they sang later in the show. Right. And they did a Les Mis medley like. It was just like, why are we singing all these songs? Why are we singing the whole song? When Shirley Bassey sang Goldfinger, I kind of didn't expect her to do the entire song, you know? Yeah, but that was the one great moment of the whole thing. That, but, was, that was like uh, Kirk Douglas coming out. Like, yeah, no, I when, agree. Like seeing something you don't normally see. Yeah, but well, and that's what I liked about it. And what I love about the Oscars when they do it right is they have those things you don't normally see, whether it's stars you don't see together or stars doing things you don't normally see or real stars from the classic past coming back that you don't see very much but for every one of those moments there was three where it was like and now the whole cast of the movie chicago great i don't give a shit <laughs> who seemed to have totally had some sort of them. falling out at some point <laughs> the movie that <laughs> they didn't it's not like they were excited to be around each other no one cares about the movie chicago it won best picture and most people don't remember that yeah sure it i just like, remember that it stole a best picture from one of the lord of the rings movies yeah it's like i was it's like if you last year they could have done it was the 40th anniversary of the godfather i think right last year 
because it came out in 72, I think. They could, if they had gotten like a cast reunion of The Godfather, like Al Pacino and, and uh, Robert Duvall and Diane Keaton and James Caan and some of the others. Marlon Brando. Not Marlon Brando, probably. <laughs> like that would have been amazing because that's a group of people that like you genuinely don't see together. And it's a movie that is as, so established as one of the great movies. But like to get together the cast of Chicago, like, oh, there's Renee Zellweger and uh, – Richard Gere up on stage again with Queen Latifah, like together again. <laughs> Finally, the class of '84. So we got to enjoy the, the original end. Breakfast Club. We, we yeah, got, or we like, got or like the John Hughes tribute when they had a lot of a lot of the people from his movies. Like that was a special thing. Yeah, yeah. you got to see what, that they all aged really. No, weirdly. no, I got to wait. Yeah, I got to witness the moment where Renee Zellweger's squinting shaded over into eye problems. <laughs> but it's like to get the Chicago reunion is less exciting to me than if they had gotten like a short circuit two reunion. <laughs> oh, it was like course. Fisher Stevens and Mike McKeon and Johnny Five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that would have been exciting to me. <laughs> And now Wouldn't the cast of Short Circuit Two. Elliot, Johnny Five died. <laughs> what? No. Didn't you were paying attention to the in memoriam section? He was in the in memoriam. <laughs> Oh, if I was an Oscar producer, I wouldn't do it because I have too much respect for those people. But I'd love to stick a fictional character into that in memoriam. <laughs> Just put Gizmo in there. <laughs> and died, died in the bath. <laughs> How ironic. How ironic. (laughs) This place where he gives life. Um, I, you know, as someone who grew up, though, back in the time when, like, when dinosaurs (laughs) roamed the earth. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) Take that guy who's two years older than me. Uh, when the Oscars were a lot more about pageantry, I kind of enjoyed like seeing an old style Oscars where it's just like we're gonna throw a bunch of fucking musical numbers at you for no reason. Well, I liked I liked because the pendulum had swung too far in the, to other the opposite direction, direction. direction where it was just like this is gonna be efficient. We're gonna have an efficient Oscars. No one's gonna get to talk. We're gonna be out of here by eleven. I did like that that it was an Oscars that seemed to understand like come like the fact of the Oscars is not to get people. If anything, even excited about movies. Like the yeah. fact of the Oscars is to like have this big bullshit ceremony that goes on forever and does a lot of crazy stuff that you can't see anywhere else. You yeah. know. And they did like they didn't have the like interpretive dancing to the scores stuff. Like there were a few choices they made that were much more efficient. But then it, they didn't make up for that by a lot of the things they added weren't added value. It was a long comedy bit or right. and like I felt like one of the better comedy bits was the Von Trapp family introduction to Christopher Plummer, and it went by very quickly. Like, it was long for an introduction, but it was a quick bit, and it was about a movie. People recognized it. There you go. Done. You're out. You know. But instead, but the all those musical numbers, I don't know. Like, having Barbra Streisand there was something that I don't really care about, but I could tell was, like, a special yeah. moment. Singing that song in tribute to Marvin Hamlish, like, that's a special moment, even if I'm not a huge fan of hers. But some of the other stuff, it was just like, I was like, who is enjoying this? Like the Barbra Streisand thing, I could tell who was enjoying it. Yeah. Shirley Bassey, I was enjoying it. But some yeah. of the other things. Yeah, for a lot of the other stuff, the aforementioned Chicago, <laughs> all that jazz. And the jazz Dream bit. Girls thing. Well, it's just because like the Dream Girls thing, it's like, we saw this like a couple years ago. It was like when Christoph Waltz won for Best Supporting Actor. I love him a lot. <laughs> but it was like, we <laughs> saw this two years ago. <laughs> Well, yeah, stop doing a repeat, for idiots. the same basic character. That's, uh, I mean, that's something to talk about. I feel like there Let's are, move to the awards. You lost I, well, no, I, I feel you like lost, You were, lost points in your Oscar pool on that one, didn't you? I lost points on... I mean, I didn't win my Oscar pool at all. I, thought I did few, very a poorly. A few upsets. That's, that's what I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, like, I was upset <laughs> when they did the whole song from Dreamgirls. <laughs> anyway, but let's talk about the awards. No, but I mean, like, I don't think anyone really expected Christoph Waltz to win. I mean, like, there was some talk about it, but I, you know, like, that was kind of a surprise i feel like i was like. disappointed i mean i like him but i was disappointed that i wanted robert de niro to win and i didn't think he was gonna win but i wanted him to win so yeah i think yeah, that I'm with you a lot of i think it was weighted towards tommy lee jones but then there were people who were saying oh maybe de niro because it's it's been forever and this is a great and he was really great and it would it like it felt like it would be that kick in the pants to him to be like you should be doing more of these yeah you should be doing less like bullshit comedy and horror movies that that pay you a lot of money but you but, don't do anything in that but that was a surprise like Quentin Tarantino, I think, winning was a surprise. The Ang Lee winning was a big surprise. It was a surprise to me. I mean, I haven't seen that movie yet still because it looks so incredibly boring. But yeah. uh, I've, but it, that was a surprise. There were the uh, What, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? <laughs> yeah, that's what he won for. <laughs> yeah. Well, they gave him the award in theory for Life of Pi, but I know it's just an apology award for Hulk. 
<laughs> That's the award he was supposed to get for Hulk, but he wasn't nominated. Yeah, like for Ride with the Devil. I was re- I was happy that Jennifer Lawrence won. That's one that I was hoping for and was worried she was going to get shut out because I thought that was a really good performance. And she clearly didn't expect to win. And my one of my favorite moments of the night was when they played the clips for Best Actress, and they showed Jennifer Lawrence's clip where she's nuts in that diner, and she does that great laugh that is mm-hmm. a crazy person. <laughs> pretending to be crazier than she is to make a point and revealing how crazy she is. And it cut back to Jennifer Lawrence and she had this look at her face like, who the hell was that? <laughs> who was that crazy person? Who let her in? Uh, but what were the, what awards were you guys happy to see the winners for? Aside from, uh, obviously you guys are big ARG heads. So. I mean, I was, hap- I was happy that uh, Tarantino won. I mean, like that's a, I think that's an, it's an over long, lumpy screenplay, but it's it's a very original screenplay compared to. It is the most original screenplay of the ones that were nominated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the other ones were cobbled together with like newspaper clippings. <laughs> yeah, this one was handwritten. I mean, it's not like he needs the validation in his own in no. his own alphabet. He's already at this point. He's already established as I was disappointed. Well, no, hoping- he doesn't need the personal validation. Yeah, <laughs> his head is big enough. We do not need to. I was hoping that uh, that Moonrise Kingdom would win for that, but yeah. I knew they wouldn't so um, understandably so yes yeah. it's a wes anderson movie yeah, yeah we will never wait i i had a conversation with, with uh former flophouse guest host brock mayhan once where we were like well i guess we'll just have to rest ass- we'll just have to be comforted comforted in the fact that when we're old people we can give wes anderson a lifetime achievement oscar because he's yeah. never gonna win one i mean I, I i you know i like seeing jennifer lawrence win i didn't have a lot emotionally invested i feel like in any of the obviously there was one bittersweet the, oh, award win for me. Sure. When wait, uh, wait, when the guy who looks like Edgar Winter went up and accepted his award. <laughs> Which for... guy that looked like Edgar Winter? <laughs> there were like th- ten guys yeah, with was... super long blonde hair and various sh- shades of pale. Yeah, all the what the sound editors and various technical awards yeah, all seem to go to sorcerers this year. <laughs> Speaking of people looking like people, I felt like uh, I liked. I did like that. Stuart was amazed at how many wizards were winning Academy Awards. <laughs> I felt like uh, Nicholson like looked like Emmett Kelly or something in his oversized <laughs> yeah, with his suit. makeup off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but when uh, when my uh, when Milburn, New Jersey, got won an Academy Award, mm-hmm. that was pretty exciting. And it wasn't you, and it wasn't me. Oh, yeah. don't rub it in it. Well, I'm, she's not the first person from Milburn to win an Academy Award. Really, there's a guy who is a uh, I think a sound. He's either an editor or a sound editor. I think he's an editor who's worked with Ang Lee a lot. Who uh, who yeah. lives in town. You ever just go hang Great out? Great story. Other, other so, Milburn natives, uh, Belva Plain. Okay. Uh, there's an admiral. <laughs> All right. Anyway, but uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk on Twitter and on Facebook about me being either sad or excited that my ex girlfriend won, sure. and I just want to re reestablish and reiterate, not my ex girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, so did uh, you not rub someone it in I your, know well? Did you like, rub you it in your nose when she won it? No, Elliot. in fact, we had no contact whatsoever. He, it's been years. There's no need to be a gentleman about this. You can kiss and tell. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no kissing to tell about. <laughs> the look Dan just gave you sent a chill up my spine. <laughs> and straight to your penis. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it was the look of a man who once asked about someone's wife's ass. <laughs> <laughs> On this very podcast. We all remember that. I mean, um, not this episode. Overall, I was happy yeah. that I was happy that the Academy Awards that no movie like dominated. There was no sweep. There was a lot of sprinklings of awards. I mean, here Life and there. Pi won a lot of awards. It won a lot. Of, it won a fair amount of technical awards, but like the acting awards were spread out among a bunch of movies. I feel like I feel like Lincoln and uh, Zero Dark Thirty were kind of underrepresented compared to previous awards ceremonies this year. A little bit, yes, but late, the last couple of awards ceremonies were very heavy towards Argo. Yeah, and not towards too much else uh so i was i mean i was worried that argo was just gonna i mean but argo wasn't nominated for any acting awards like <clears throat> for a, it didn't win best director like i was i just like no, well, it, it, alan year arkin. i thought alan arkin oh that's was... right it was nominated for best supporting actor i forget about that he wasn't gonna win that though again because he just won best supporting actor for playing a similar role not too long ago but then and people never and the, win for that and people never <laughs> win for that unless they're christoph waltz I think everybody was just really liked his uh, Saturday Night Live performance. And <laughs> That's they, what waited, and they. But then, why did they give Jennifer Lawrence an Academy Award when she was on a terrible episode of Saturday yeah, Night Live? She was terrible. I mean, she did the best she could with the material of Top Dog Chef and so forth. But <laughs> it had uh, Danielle, that great uh, parody of '70s softcore Europe. I liked that a lot, and there was another sketch that I liked that I don't remember now. <laughs> Top Dog Chef. You just said it. No, it wasn't Top Dog <laughs> Chef. 
Um, I, I, you know, I feel like we should move on soon, actually, because there's not a lot more to say about it. But was there any awful things this year that you... Uh, what, choices? or uh, Just moments in the ceremony. I think we went... I mean, a lot of the music. <laughs> the... I mean, I didn't like it when Jennifer Lawrence fell on the stairs, but, you know. But that, uh, adds but adorable. A, that adds an immediacy, like mm-hmm. a realism. That's to true. The, it does make, add it a makes realism. her seem attainable, Elliot. <laughs> sure. She's, she's not cl- Dan. She's a clumsy girl. She's not a t- Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was your fetish, clumsy girls. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why, why you're I always... watch Good Luck Chuck all the time. <laughs> he goes to, the, <laughs> to that porn site, clumsygirls.com. <laughs> Or it's just girls falling down in their clothes, I guess yeah. sometimes ripping? Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> falling down and landing on top of naked men. <laughs> the odds against that are so huge. But, uh, I, there were, I'm trying to think what moments made me like wince. And I'm I mean, there was, some, there was some bad banter. There was banter. some dumb banter, but there always is. That was like probably like the one of my better tweets of the night was like you play the new uh, Oscar game, which was uh, – uh, bit or teleprompter malfunction because like there were all these things like it, it seemed like maybe they were improvising and yeah. that was the plan but maybe like something just went wrong a tweet that you have to explain hilarious uh, <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i mean to people watching the show it was... i didn't word it as clumsily when i tweeted it. he was channeling his favorite porn site clumsygirl.com just then in his in his tweet phrasing <laughs> You know, they got all those bruises on them, and uh, I went into a bad wow, place. Wow, wow. Pervisoid. I'm falling. Not, wow. Yeah, no, I know that's what the bruises are from. <clears throat> the, but then I mean, you entered a totally new level of pervisoid that I'm not comfortable even acknowledging. I mean, on the subject of pervisoids, I have seen <laughs> some feedback on how this this Academy Awards was uh, kind of misogynist or hateful towards women. How so? Super cleavy. Well, things, uh, I mean, things like the, 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 I saw your boob song oh, and yeah. there are uh, a couple of Seth MacFarlane's jokes, maybe. Yeah. It's, he's a, uh, I mean, he goes to the, goes to the gutter. There's a lot, there's like a fair amount of people being like, oh, you know, like I, I, I saw much more positive response to the, I saw your boobs song than I thought I was going to. And that, I don't In the act- Brazzers forums. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm usually not. <laughs> I usually am more apt to get annoyed at people who take offense at a joke than at a joke itself. But that joke actually did irritate me because it was just like, well, there are all these women here who are being honored for their talent and, you know, like their abilities as actresses. They pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Except a large And now you are reducing them to nothing more than sets of boobs. Except (laughs) the larger joke of that is that this is a stupid thing that he did. That's why I think that short have been a shorter bit. Yeah, but I don't feel like putting in that context excuses it necessarily. I think if it was a shorter bit, it could have worked. But I I don't think it even worked. I don't even think it was terrible. But uh, it was weird for that setting. Yeah. But hey, sometimes to make up for that, you need... Several musical numbers from movies that people a, don't remember winning Academy Awards. Get a Awards. CGI character to come up and present an award. Yeah, I'm never a shit. fan of that. Never a fan of that. So, uh, I did, although I did like hearing uh, Ted, the Ted voice announce the some of the, no- the nominee Ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, perhaps we should move along to handing out our own awards. Our own awards, the floppies. But, well, we're back to the floptacular flop Academy Awards. First up. Dan McCoy, rated R, <laughs> is playing at right now. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to uh, give out the first award of the evening. Uh, best supporting actor, or my best supporting actor, goes to Luis Guz- Guzman in Journey to the Mysterious Island. I heartily endorse that, yeah. For sneaking a celluloid closet-style coded homosexual love affair between himself and The Rock into a kid's movie. <laughs> With the help of only a few 3D berries. Yeah, that, that coincided with my best excuse to stare at the rock's pecs. <laughs> to Journey 2. Uh, well, I actually, should I continue with Journey 2 or should I? Sure. Well, just why not? Journey well, 2 sweep. Uh, just for me personally. Do what your body wants. Best right? picture was a tie <laughs> between Journey 2, The Mysterious Island, and The Last Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. I, I was considering giving out that award, and those were the two I was going to pick. <laughs> they were, but I, you know, that's, it goes without saying. Journey 2 was delightful, and The Last Godfather was insane. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking back over the years, podcasts, I am crushed to see that I did not get to watch that movie with you guys. Yeah, well, I have the, I own the DVD still, so you can, <laughs> you can watch it. Uh, no, you don't have the Blu-ray? No, I don't have it on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. I, Owl didn't get me the Blu-ray copy. 
Uh, I would like to give out the award for least amount of movie in a movie <laughs> this year, and it goes to The Devil Inside, where barely anything happened, and the movie didn't even have an ending. <laughs> you had to go to the internet to find it. Yeah. Uh, on a similar note, I would like to give the Stuart Face Down on the Floor Watching Oogie Loves <laughs> Award for a movie that almost broke me, and that, too, goes to The Devil Inside, <laughs> the film I had to purchase twice for fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> Each time, even though its approximate retail value is thirty nine cents, <laughs> that's very that's your rounding up. Uh, my next one, uh, I had, it was a three way tie for uh, I think the best Nicolas Cage performance in a movie we mm, watched this mm. year, which went to Seeking Justice, The Raven, and Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> it's interesting because I actually gave the Nicolas Cage Award for Best Actor to Nicolas Cage for everything. Weird. Because I gave the coveted Cagiest Cage Award for the Nick Cage's performance of the year to John Cusack for the paper pool. That's interesting. I would have done the same, given him the Cagiest Cage, but I actually gave him the Less Than Zero Award for two performances that totally cancel each other out for the Raven and the Paperboy. <laughs> I felt the Paperboy was so amazing and the Raven was so bland. Cancel each other out as if, Nick Cage, as if John Cusack had never existed. Uh, the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Award for a movie I totally forgot we watched this last year goes to Immortals. Oh, I gave Immortals. that to One for the Money. <laughs> <laughs> one for the Money was actually a contender for the movie I enjoyed the most. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, it was, it was inoffensive and it had some jokes. Uh, I gave it the Movie I Most Forgot We Watched <laughs> Award. Uh, here, the Sucker Punch Award for making crazy ideas totally boring goes to The Paperboy. <laughs> Runner-up, Total Recall. Uh, this is actually my final uh, award of the night. Oh, I've got quite a few more. Uh, that's fine. But my final award goes to it's the Least Serious Treatment of a Terrible Disease Award. A tie this year between a little bit of Heaven's cute and sassy treatment of ass cancer and, of course, The Last Godfather, a wacky comedy that's clearly about a mentally disabled middle-aged Korean man. <laughs> Uh, Stuart, what else have you got? I don't have much more other than, uh, did you guys remember we watched uh, The Three Musketeers this year? <laughs> that was this year? <laughs> yeah, that was this year. So that was worst performance for Christoph Waltz, I guess, this year. I thought it was best performance for Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Lando Bloom? Lando, Lando Bloom. Bloom. That's that's when he dresses up as Billy D. Williams. He's just Lando Bloom. He won the movie in A Game of Cards. Uh, I'm going to give the award for most nonsensical use of leaves. Uh-oh. Well, we're just coming in right now. The winner, a, a thousand words, for the leaves equals words in a mystical man tree soul bond. Now, I know what you're thinking. The Odd Life of Timothy Green should should have won. It had two nominations. Uh, Growing Leaves from an Ankle and Making a Pencil Out of Leaves. I guess that they split the vote. And so The Odd Life of Timothy Green loses the Most Nonsensical Use of Leaves award. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, it was close. It was a close, close a call. Sad, but sad hey, what's one. this? Don't You're not going home empty-handed, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, because here's the best Ayn Rand adaptation we watched this year, The Odd Life of Timothy Green. <laughs> the story of an iconoclastic innovation in the private market that saves the town without government interference. <laughs> and also, they don't get free health care, so Timothy Green dies. Oh. Uh, here's That's what happened? <laughs> well, something like that. I thought he'd Pete's Dragon to another town. <laughs> he, he didn't Pete's Dragon, no. Pete's Dragon away. Uh, now here's, this is a, usually a very, very hard-fought category each year, very contentious. Best use of a lemon in seducing a woman who it turns out isn't really interested in you, but is just setting you up for a trap set by a vengeful circus ringmaster. <laughs> and it goes to Passion Play. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you Damn forgot it. about that, didn't you? Forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, least amount of abducting in a film goes to Abduction, <laughs> in which the main character, it turns out, was never abducted, but was being hid by secret agents <laughs> pretending to be his parents. Do you uh, think they named it Abduction to draw people in with the promise of an abduction in the movie? I think they were looking for something that emphasized abs. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was also the best use of time bricks. It goes to the movie In Time. In Time also wins most confusing use of Olivia Wilde. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, best perching of old people on a ship's mast goes to Battleship. (laughs) For its scene of old people just hanging out, perching on a ship's mast. What are they doing there? We don't know. Uh, There's the Special Minority Report Award for setting up a penalty that never actually happens. 
goes to a thousand words for telling us Eddie Murphy will die when he runs out of words, but instead he's fine. <laughs> the exact op- ending. The exact opposite happens. He is not dead. And I think this will be my final award for the night. Uh, best movie Stuart totally wishes he had seen. <laughs> Trespass. <laughs> Runner up, Last Godfather. <laughs> Thanks for throwing in the addendum there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just a, a little talk I feel like is is uh, good at this point about movies that we enjoyed this past year. Do we, we enjoy just movies? talked about them. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, you know, we don't have a proper year in review uh, episode. This is the closest uh, we come to it. Yeah, so, two months into the next year. Mm-hmm. Once everyone will have forgotten everything that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I had to go back to my list of movies I saw this year. Um, I, I just like to say... Yeah, that's an actual list you make every I, year. Every year I keep a list of the movies I watched that year. Yeah. I'm up to... This is kind of crazy, but I think I'm on my 43rd or 44th movie so far this year. Mm, Not yet the end of crazy. February. It's nuts. What my I tell my wife that you, out of pride, you, and she says, we need to spend more time together. <laughs> do you put the Flophouse movies in italics or something? No, I just list them. <laughs> Look, I'm not ashamed. Sometimes I'm ashamed. When I writing out the Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure <laughs> was a test. I'll admit it was a test of my personal honesty. And you're like, why does Microsoft Word keep telling me this is wrong? <laughs> the paperclip comes out and says, excuse me, are you sure you want to admit that? <laughs> it looks like you're making a mistake. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, you were saying. It looks like you're writing a confession. <laughs> Uh, no, I just, uh, when talking about movies that we liked this past year, um, I'm sure we all went about it in different ways. Uh, I didn't want to necessarily focus on the best movies of the year because it's all the usual suspects. Like the usual many, suspects came out like 20 years ago. Yeah. Many of which actually did get nominated it didn't, for, it well, he, he just made it all Verbal up. was yeah. just Why making should, up the story. Yeah, making oh. it all up. Why should I give a shit? I thought he just... Oh. That's why he showed all that stuff in Chaz Palminteri's office. I thought Chaz Palminteri just didn't like his coffee. <laughs> and smashed it on yeah. the floor. Um, no, I, I just want to say that like my, fa- the, I, uh, my favorite movie of the year, in my opinion, the best movie of the year was The Master. But I'm not going to go f- sort of further in that direction. I'm just going to talk about... The Beach Girls? Uh, I'm just going to list a few <laughs> movies that I thought were... Either underseen in that they were not huge box office hits, or they're underrated in that maybe they didn't get a lot of uh, critical praise, often because they are more genre-y films that don't get that kind of critical praise. So mm-hmm. so this is stuff to watch on an airplane. Yeah, no, this is... <laughs> These are enjoyable movies. One and a half thumbs up movies. <laughs> no, these are movies that I really like. A zombie this last bite year. off the other half of yeah. the thumb. They may be a little sillier, uh, but I really enjoyed them. Okay, uh, I'm not going to judge you, dude. Just say it. Yeah, Haywire, the Steven Soderbergh uh, mixed martial arts. This year, yeah, very fun good. movie. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, of course. Loved it. Uh, Lockout, a.k.a. Space Jail. Oh, man. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Actually, For Best yeah. Picture. That, that, Lockout. When it, if, you're, if, you were, if you were allowed to give a Best Picture to kind of like a fun, by-the-numbers genre movie that managed to heighten just through like charm, then that's the one I would give it to. Yeah. yeah. Space Jail was a lot of fun. Uh, Headhunters, which was a, a foreign uh, thriller uh, based on a book by Joe Nesbo who was a popular Scandinavian thriller writer. Uh, Killer Joe. Um, Dread, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Is that and, different from Dread 3D? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at home, it's uh, it would be uh, just Dread. And uh, Premium Rush. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot, too. The Silly Bicycle movie. That's one that, uh, depending on who you talk to in our office, was either a really good movie or a really bad movie. But I have to admit, I liked that a lot. I thought that was really fun. And frankly, I would have uh, nominated Michael Shannon, I think, for Best Supporting Actor for that for his role as the evil but kind of stupid. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't actually make it to see cop. it, but I've, I've heard only good things about it's this a lot, crazy performance. It's a lot of fun, and his performance manages to harness – he always seems crazy. Yeah. Always. And Except in Bug, where he is totally right. <laughs> the government is trying to bug that it, guy. It, yeah, they're just trying to annoy him. <laughs> That's what it's about. There's, government's bugging me. <laughs> Stop poking me, government. Uh, but like, or in Bug, or My Son, My Son, What Have You Done, or 
Revolutionary Road, he comes off as super nuts all the time. And in Premium Rush, they managed to make him a little bit more of a grounded character who also is still crazy. And uh, he pulls it off really nicely. It's like all his crazy characters had sex with his character from uh, that Boardwalk Empire, and they gave birth to a half-crazy, half-normal baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which was sent to an orphanage. (laughs) And then, wait... Is his character from an orphanage or no, no. Okay. Just saying it was raised it wasn't raised by people, it was raised by spirits. Okay. In an abandoned monastery. <laughs> oh, that's a, this is great. <laughs> let me write this down. Okay. You, what, what about you, Stuart? What are you, what were some of your favorites of the year? Um well, I mean, of course, The Hobbit, an unexpected journey. <laughs> I don't think that's a big surprise. Yeah. No. Um I threw I mean Anytime Peter Jackson puts out a movie that isn't The Lovely Bones, it's probably going to go up there in the t- in my my favorite movies. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, of course. Uh, Looper. Did you say Looper? I didn't say Looper because I thought that it got enough attention, but I think I enjoyed that movie a but lot. But you like Looper because Looper's great. I liked Looper a lot also. Um, I thought there were some pretty good big like big action movies like... Die, and good, good Day to Die Hard. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> no, that was this what? year. You'll wait, you'll wait till next year's Floptacular for you to but tell like, how much you like, liked that. Like The Dark Knight Rises, The Avengers, and Skyfall, I think we're all, we're all good big-budget action movies. But um, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to throw in a movie that was a December 2011 release. Is that... Do you uh, like? I think we're going to have to ask for your badge and gun. Oh. You're off the force. <laughs> and ask you why you've got a badge the, and gun. That's the <laughs> nicest police chief I've ever seen. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to ask you so for aggressive. badge and gun if that's okay. Uh, mm, don't hate me. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene hmm. really affected me, uh, if anything, because John Hawks is fucking awesome. He is awesome. He's Hawksome. Um, and for a small genre picture... Ty West's The Innkeepers was great. Oh, yeah. I, enjoyed I enjoyed that, that a, lot. a lot. I actually have to admit I enjoyed it more bef- when it wasn't being scary. Yeah, well. I loved – if that had been a movie about two people working in a hotel who try to find a ghost and don't, I would have I, – well, I think it might have been my favorite movie of the year after Moonrise Kingdom. But instead it went for scares. But I mean, when it, com- when it comes, when it comes to scares, scares. He's, he's great. At he's it. great. But there was just something. The scenes between them, it was like watching a really great sitcom pilot in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like the characters felt very real and interacted in a way I liked, and it was very funny. And it was weird to just see Lena Dunham show up for one scene. There's something about that movie too that I. It was beautifully shot in a way that kind of reminds me of movies that I grew up with as a kid, and I can't kind of put my finger on what did like the technique like the way the camera moved reminded me of kind of that early spielberg era well, that's not so ty west stuff. does so much stuff that is of a, of an earlier era yeah. in his style and because it was shot in like an old bed and breakfast it totally reminded me of yes puppet master <laughs> <laughs> awesome puppet master Full moon, inter- full moon pictures, puppet master. <laughs> In case you were thinking it was the puppet masters, which is not the movie he's talking about, based on the Robert Heinlein novel. Uh, so I, Elliot, I mean, my picks are pretty, pretty standard. I was trying to think. I didn't see a lot. Usually, I don't see independent and foreign films until a year or two later when they're on video. And mm-hmm. I was trying to keep myself to just stuff I saw. Why don't you just go down to Canal the Street and buy them from some guy off of a blanket? I don't buy anything off a blanket. <laughs> Just a principle I have. Sure. I'll eat things off a blanket. I'll go to picnics. Okay. Come on. But I'm yeah. not going to buy something off a blanket. What am I, an animal? That's what animals do. Um, anyway, but my favorite movie overall I think was Moonrise Kingdom. Um, but I liked Innkeepers a lot. My favorite big movie was The Avengers. And there was something inside of me as a longtime Marvel zombie who re- really enjoyed how successful that movie, like, took pride in how successful it was in a weird way, uh, even though... Like, you feel justified in liking Marvel comics Exactly. All these now I find... Now, it must be the way you feel about Game of Thrones and George R. R. Martin now that that show's a big hit. Kind of, except I don't watch the show anymore because I'm too much of a nerd <laughs> that likes the books. But, uh, I mean, the only thing that, make, that makes it bittersweet is that none of the people who create any of those characters got a dime, which was terrible. But, uh, hey, what are you going to do? The movie was still good, right? Um, I thought Skyfall up to the moment when – up to the point when they leave the supervillain island was fantastic and one of the better Bond movies I've seen in a – I think in a long time or in total. 
Uh, and I liked a lot of the ones you guys mentioned, Looper, Cabin in the Woods. I liked Silver Linings Playbook a lot. Uh, it managed to be a, in some ways, corny by the numbers Hollywood romantic movie, but in a way that hid that enough that I really enjoyed it. And it starred Flophouse fave Bradley Cooper. It starred Bradley Coopsy. Who is literally limitless. And you got, and not only was Jennifer Lawrence giving a great performance in it, but she got to see her butt in very tight pants. Yeah. Not uh, gross. That's, that's, not gross at all. That's called value added. <laughs> value, exactly. Uh, I liked Beasts of the Southern Wild a lot. And for sure, for, in terms of sheer spectacle, I really enjoyed Prometheus. If you don't try to figure out the character motivations because they don't exist, and you don't convince yourself there's something more going on in the movie than what you're seeing, I really enjoyed it a lot. But and what if we met our creator and he hated us, Elliot? I almost will have to assume he would. <laughs> there's no way I see the creator of humanity meeting us and being like, yes, you did, you got it perfect, you nailed it. That's exactly what I intended you to be like. I think it would happen almost like that way. And look, <laughs> Toddlers and tiaras, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I think there's maybe... <laughs> At Premium Russia, like I think there's no scene though of the year that I got as much sheer visceral joy out of as her using that robot to pull a baby squid out of her belly. Yeah, <laughs> that was set like, and then it just stapling her shut. Like <laughs> so that is the kind of scene that I couldn't see working in any other medium, and it was so crazy <laughs> and so wholeheartedly sold. You know, yeah. I remember. Being cornered at my uh, birthday party this last year by a very drunk friend uh, who was complaining about that scene because he's like, oh, and then she just, you know, she got up and she was running around for the rest of the the movie. Like, like you can't do that with like a major abdominal surgery. And I'm like, you don't understand. This that- is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you were worried about that logic, we wouldn't get the scene where a robot pulled an alien out of her. <laughs> Full, yeah. What's with all the magic? Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't look. What's if, with space space travel that's across the thing. galaxies? If you just saw, why does that guy look like Peter O'Toole? If you just saw a robot give an emergency C-section to an astronaut mm-hmm. and pull a squid baby out and staple her shut, and you're in a space pod, and she's run being she's running from an alien, and you're like, she'd never be able to run like that with those staples in. Then you should not be watching that movie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask for your badge and your gun. <laughs> And that movie. But I feel that level of, uh, like, that suspension of disbelief seems to, for some reason, I feel like The Avengers gets a pass, whereas a movie like Prometheus doesn't, when, like, The Avengers is filled with crazy, ridiculous comic book logic, but people are like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah, he's Thor, bullshit, whatever. I think because a lot of people seem to convince themselves for some reason that Prometheus was not, like, a crazy popcorn movie. Which is what it is. They thought that this was going to be like some kind of meditation on humanity, and then you apply some kind of logic or meaning to it. But it's like this crazy popcorn movie. It's like and uh, you know filled with like images of heavy metal album covers. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and for the and on that level, I adored it. So there you go. Uh, so we've kind of given our recommendations there. I would say. So I would yeah. say let's uh, skip the recommendation segment. I'd here. say that too. And make our last segment of the evening. Letters. Letters! Yay! Letters are brought to you by you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, not hand. The letter U? I'm not hand brought to you. Brought to you by the letter U and the letter letter. <laughs> so. These letters are brought to you by the invention of writing. <laughs> Thanks, ancient Babylon. <laughs> so this, uh, this missive is from Andy, lasting withheld. Thanks, hey, Andy, Andy, for writing in. Wait, I should have waited till I... Yeah, I heard what he said. Ellie, it sucks. <laughs> oh, why did I thank him? He says, Your podcast always makes my day. I've listened to your back catalog at least three times. And at this point, I, I, I think I owe you some form of repayment. But mm-hmm. since I'm not gainfully employed at the moment, allow me to pay you in internet mo- money, a.k.a. memes. Okay. I mean, you're listening to us as payment enough. As you may know, The Walking Dead recently featured a zombie child named Penny. I'm avoiding spoilers here, I promise. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch that Not show. Uh, she's both adorable and terrifying because, well, she's a zombie child. So I ask you, what if Zombie Penny met a dinosaur? <laughs> Who would eat whom? What if the dinosaur was also a zombie? That's what I was going to ask. The possibilities are endless, and I look forward to hearing your theories. The, the possibilities are not endless. There are four <laughs> possibilities. Actually, you were incorrect. <laughs> so tied in with the best of episode, I do want to say best zombie baby still goes to the zombie baby in Dead Alive mm-hmm. slash Brain Dead. Mm-hmm. And best zombie dinosaurs go to Scud the Disposable Assassin, the comic book. Oh, yeah. Those are some great zombie dinosaurs in that. 
now, here, I mean, here's the question. If zombie Penny bit a dinosaur, <laughs> does the zombie uh, disease carry over to a dinosaur? I have to assume it's an interspecies disease. Yeah? Yeah. If a uh, monkey, <clears throat> if a monkey s- scratch can sure. give it to you, as in dead alive. Sure. Then, I mean, that was a spe- special kind of monkey. But, but these still. are... <laughs> These are extinct. Not just animals. some stupid old monkey. It wasn't just some old bonobo they they found in the bottom of a laundry hamper or something. Being extinct animals, maybe they have a different resistance to this zombie disease. Or I would say it's more likely that they are more susceptible to it. When you are you when you have had the, no exposure to a disease, it's usually worse for you. The dinosaurs I will, were killed by zombies. <laughs> if no, because they'd still be walking they killed, around. They were, they were killed by babies. <laughs> an army of babies sent now, back to the past to save the, our world. What I'm more interested in is: Does this zombie baby have really strong teeth, or does the dinosaur have really weak uh, skin? Yeah, because babies could bite my hand all the time. They're not going to fuck it up. Like, yeah, I won't bleed at all. And dinosaurs have super my, thick skin, and their skin, I would assume, is thicker than mine. Yeah, you can insult them all day; it doesn't even phase them. Also, like I don't, like, I don't that. I feel like the dinosaur would have to sort of like walk by the baby, like within. Is it a baby or a is it very, a toddler? Oh, uh, two very know. different things. Because a toddler can just chase. Yeah, a dinosaur. I think the, I think the answer. It, I think the answer to this is, is it a little, more facts. Is I think it this a is a little mover. This is what would happen. The dinosaur begins swallowing the child. Okay. The child, not dead because it's a zombie, bites the softer flesh on the inside of the dinosaur's throat. Still probably pretty tough. It. I don't think it's gonna be that tough. It's still like you know, mucous membrane and things like that, oh, right? Okay. I don't know what goes on inside a person or an animal, but you got to believe there's softer parts in there. All right. And then the dinosaur gets zombified, but the kid is still inside the dinosaur's belly, eating its way out from the inside, but can't get through the skin. So it just kind of ricochets around forever inside this immortal zombie dinosaur. So it doesn't have like a porky pig, that's all folks, where it bursts out of the, <laughs> out of the dinosaur's Maybe it comes belly. out of the dinosaur's pooper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Okay, I'm into that. Uh, This one is titled Peaches the Musical from Andrea L.N. Withheld. Is that a musical based on the works of the artist Peaches? Well, yeah, here here we go. Hey, guys, I really like you and you make me laugh, especially when you talk about crazy, implausible, off-the-wall ideas like Peaches starring in a musical. But wait, that really happened. She did a one-woman production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Which Elliot mentions is a sing-along favorite. Yeah, it's one of my favorite musicals. As far as I know, she only did it a few times in Berlin, but I was delighted to watch it and was by far one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It included her playing Jesus and at the end being crucified on a cross made of papier-mâché phalluses. I'm sure I'm not sure you can see the full thing anywhere, but here's a clip. Also, roll I'll, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll throw the clip up. On the, uh, on the so website. is there anything we need to know before you set up this clip? <laughs> no. <laughs> peaches, peaches, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> we can't. It's not a video podcast. Oh, sorry. I put the, the clip on the website. Wait, uh, was this letter written by Peaches? Is that what <laughs> no, but she's here to promote it. Oh, okay. Also, I just to promote say, the letter. I'm, a, I'm an American living in New Zealand, and I need to keep listening to you it's every pronounced day. pronounced New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to keep listening to you every day so I don't slip into this horrible accent. Now that's, come on. It's a lovely, mm-hmm. silly it's a, accent. It's a wonderful accent. And it's way better than a South African accent. Come on. You heard those, Ooh, those people talk? Take it's that, like, Invictus. <laughs> take that, District 9. Uh, but seriously, New Zealand accent, amazing. I like it, yeah. Lobo Marunga. <laughs> I mean, that's not the most accurate New Zealand accent. Uh, this next email is uh, titled, No Subject. <gasps> what? Oh, it's a mystery shit. box. <laughs> uh, it's from That Which We Dare Not Speak Its Name. Oh, okay. And he says... Nyarlathotep, The Crawling Chaos, I'll say it. David Kalin. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no. It better not be. He says, Dear Flopazoids, to echo a question from the site comments, I would also like to know what's going on with Elliot and Hallie. Is she merely his work wife, or is she Elliot's manic pixie dream girl? Sorry to ignore your art and concentrate on the personal lives of the artists, but everyone else at work has a reality show they follow religiously, and I do not. While I need to fit in with others, I still have the hipster need for upmanship. I think he means one-upmanship. I'm, I'm far, but is that like when you get next to life in Mario? <laughs> I'm far too cool to lower myself to the level of the Kardashians or the Real Housewives. I need a reality show full of 
uh, ironic cultural references. Uh huh. What better subject matter for such a show than the real scripted lives of those that make up uh, randacious cultural references about movies? At season end, that's you could have a. Word. a <laughs> right. Wait, Maybe like, that's a New Zealand all, all, word. All hour. At season end. <laughs> At season end, you could have a wrap-up podcast about the making of the podcast podcast. Maybe no, make- we would do just like they do on Bravo. We'd have a show right after each episode that talks about that previous episode. But uh, to get to the meat of this question, I saw a comment on the Rock of Ages uh, podcast online uh, that this gentleman is referring to. I did not uh, see that comment. Intimating some sort of romance between you and Hallie. Which, Whoa. What? And calling me, calling me a third wheel on that episode, which I found odd because... We spent a lot of that Rock of Ages episode talking about how Hallie and I were singing along <laughs> to the songs together, and you refused to sing. Hey, well, look, I don't know. I can't explain the mind of the comment writer, but I would say Hallie and I are just good friends. Uh, we have She is just my office mate, and if anything, we have more of a brother-sister relationship. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As someone who works down the hall from you, you guys are more like twins than you and your twin are, I feel like. Yeah, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. <laughs> She wait, lifts wait, up wait. the backs of cars, and I'm like, hey, mom had twins? Oh, way to go. Yeah, you're a goofy brother and sister for sure. The I would say anyone who walks into our office and sees that the door is closed to our office, no, we're not doing it. We're just bad-mouthing doing the people what? we work with. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's no romance there. The only romance is between me and my lovely wife. So this last letter of the show... Of the Floptacular Flop Awards is letters from, section is from rated R. David Elliott's brother, last name. <laughs> oh upheld. God in heaven, <laughs> dear dear Flopazoids. What the wait? Is Flopazoids suddenly what we are now? <laughs> Flopazoids yeah. sounds like a really crappy '80s Ninja Turtles ripoff. <laughs> like we're the four Flopazoids. We came from the future and really floppy. I guess. Look, I don't know. Uh, that would be a crappy show. <laughs> got canceled two minutes into the first episode. <laughs> he writes, I was listening to your most recent Nick Cage Mid-sentence. extravaganza, which was totally recorded after the Bratz live event and had a few grievances I had to air. General well, grievances. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he have a heart inside a robot Why chest? is he still coughing when he's a robot? Had a few grievances I had to air. He doesn't while. have an esophagus. <laughs> While Elliot and Stuart moan irritatedly in the background. First of all, I want to make it clear to everyone that while I do appreciate... (laughs) I want to make it clear to everyone that while I do appreciate the support from writers clamoring for my freedom, I have not been locked in a cell, forced to wear an iron mask, or kept from watching football by my brother (laughs) or other Flophouse hosts. Though considering how the Giants have played the past two months, obviously this is an old winner, perhaps the last one. (laughs) The Super Bowl was like 100 years ago. (laughs) Would not be so awful. Why Elliot would spread such lies is beyond me, but I hope the listening public hasn't become too concerned about my well-being. I can almost guarantee that they have not. (laughs) Next, I believe my brother... Even the letter reader is taking pot shots. (laughs) Next, I believe my brother referred to the All Thing as a traditional Viking meeting place. While the original Althing in Iceland was established by Viking descendants sometime around 930 AD, I believe Iceland's National Assembly, which has met continuously since then, is the only gathering or legislative body to have actually taken the name Althing, which I learned <laughs> when, when I went to, he see went to Iceland. The Althing's original meeting place in uh, Thingvillar National Park in Iceland this past summer. They only had one word at the time, Thing, <laughs> so everything was Thing back then. Uh, I suppose I could be wrong about this, and if I am, I have no doubt Elliot will waste little time telling me so. No. <laughs> Lastly, I was shocked and appalled to hear Elliot's offense and anger over the thoughtless gift he received from a, quote, close relative. Was the National Treasure Criterion Collection DVD block set I gave him for his 30th birthday it's not a block good set. <laughs> it's a set of blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Your irritant and or brother, David. Uh, the present I got was not from him. I will not reveal the identity or the gift, as it might reveal the identity or the occasion. Uh, but needless to say, David, thanks for writing in. Please never do again. <laughs> I'm actually going to see him this Friday, and I will have to needle him about this. Um, so, guys, I guess he didn't like when at the at the live screening we called out called him out and let the audience gaze upon his magnificence. Yeah, well, you know. I, I, I feel like that that would be uh, the source of his strength. <laughs> what, people's like, attention? Yeah, like Superman gaining power from the Earth's yellow sun. Oh, yeah. I thought he gained power from the shadows that he slinks around in. <laughs> Who, like my... some kind of rat man. <laughs> this is wow. my brother you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> some kind of rat man. <laughs> like some kind of uh, like sewer-dwelling chud figure. Like some kind of sports-loving chud. <laughs> Just a chud with a football helmet on, biting people's legs off. It'd totally be a good idea if like you're a chud, chud to wear a football Chud to Bud the Chud. <laughs> <laughs> that was the High Times Chud crossover. <laughs> well, uh, another floptacular. <laughs> and, has... of course, Chud 3, National Lampoon's Club Chud Vacation. <laughs> Starring the Is Corys. it a club run by chuds, or is it a club that is chud? Uh, like the only people who ever watched it have gone insane. And then there's <laughs> so nobody knows. And there's but the poster is a chud's head between a bunch of boobs. There's C Hud starring Paul Newman. Yes, <laughs> but uh, that's another flop tapular come and gone. We need to sign off uh, for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm still Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. Good night, everybody. Good Keep night. reaching for the stars, but only with their permission. <laughs> good <laughs> night. Good, that was a good warm-up, guys. Let's uh, start the real one, right? <laughs> Fucking just go with it, dude. Just go with it. Starring Adam Sandler, Brooklyn Decker, Cameron. D- no, she no. wasn't in it. Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. Jennifer and Nicole. Nicole Mann kid. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And uh, Dave Matthews, right? I from the Dave. Was Matthews he? Band. No, no. His name is Dave Matthews Band. David Matthews. <laughs> Dave M Band. <laughs>